0: Well, good morning, Grumla Church. I am so thankful to be standing up here right now and giving this message. Uh, Last Sunday was a very rare Sunday away from our faith community as Andrea and I, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary, 13 years of marriage. Uh, to my best friend, I can truly look at all of you and say, it honestly just keeps on getting better. Uh, if you are new around here, we are so thankful that you decided uh, to give us a shot, that you decided to tune in here today. Uh, we are not shy, though, about saying that like we hope you will come walking uh, through our physical doors in the not-so-distant future, either in Grand Blanc or in Heartland. And the reason that we kind of make a push for that is because um, this entire church experience comes alive in entirely new ways when you begin to actually walk Physically alongside other people who are also making those moves towards Jesus, so we hope uh, that you will make that decision here sometime this fall. But today uh, we are wrapping up a four-week series that we have been entitled "True Virtue," a series that, that has proven to be more impactful and for some life-changing than honestly we probably even originally anticipated. And so, if you have not been here uh, for the entirety of this series, I would highly encourage you to get yourself caught up at grumlaw.com/messages or you can find us under Grunewa Church wherever it is that you grab your podcast. But in this series, uh, we're exploring just a handful of the virtues that Jesus modeled so well during his time on this earth that that scripture, that is God's living, breathing word that has been preserved for us, uh, seems to make a pretty big deal of. But for whatever reason, at least in the American Christian church, we tend to, to overlook the, the truth is, is that actions speak louder than words. It's easy to give the impression of good character without actually living it out. Uh, but around here amongst this faith community here at, at Grumlaw, we're not going to allow ourselves to be merely hearers. We are committed to living like our resurrected Savior lived. We're not simply believers, right? We, we are followers. So in part one, we spoke about honor and a cancel culture, Uh, that the best way to actually demonstrate your honor for God, the vertical, comes through honoring your fellow image bearers, the horizontal. In part two, we spoke about integrity and what it means to actually live a fully integrated life. Done are the days of compartmentalizing, where you have your social life and your private life and your professional life. No, no, no. As followers, Jesus has infiltrated every part of our lives. And then last week, we spoke about perseverance, that God often does something in you before he does something for you. And this week, as we tie a bow on this series, we're going to be speaking about a virtue that, that feels almost like like a lost art form today we're going to be talking about gratitude. And normally I would kind of wait till the end of the message to offer up the, the bottom line, the big takeaway, but today I'm going to offer up the entire message in one sentence right here on the front end. Uh, gratitude is the door to God's presence. So many of you, you probably tuned in here this morning wondering with, with a likely hint of skepticism, hey, is, is God even real? And and if God's out there, is, is it really possible to, to know him, to to experience him, to, to have a real relationship with him? Gratitude, or to use another or a synonymous word that we see pop up all over the pages of scripture, thanksgiving. Gratitude, thanksgiving is the door. It's the key to not just knowing about God, but, but, but truly knowing him. The, the, the psalmist would put it this way, enter his gates with thanksgiving enter his gates with with gratitude go into his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name thanksgiving or gratitude is how we enter into god's presence when you're trying to develop intimacy or, or a friendship with someone, right, it, it helps if, if you're in the same house. It helps if you're in the same room, right? It, it's sort of difficult to develop a meaningful relationship with, with anyone from a distance, even with all of the incredible avenues for communication that technology might offer to us. Those of you who have done the long-distance relationship thing, you, you know this all too well. Those of you who have had a season where you travel a lot for work, you have experienced that firsthand. And for many people who wear the label of Christian, this is often how we approach God. It's like, I, I, I wish I could hear God's voice clearer. I, I wish I knew what God's will was for my life. But perhaps the issue is, is that you have not entered through his gates. But perhaps you're inexplicably treating him like, like a long distance relationship when, when he's right here, when, when he's waiting for, for you. I heard Tony Evans, an American pastor, put it this way uh, as the Big C Church was beginning to regather post-pandemic. He said this, he said, I've heard many Christians say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian, and, and they're right. It's by faith alone and Christ alone that you're saved. Uh, I also don't need to go home to be married, but stay away long enough and the relationship is going to suffer. When I was in college, a mentor of mine put it this way, if you're not feeling close to God, remind yourself, he's not the one who moved. Are Are you entering his gates? Are you stepping into his presence? Not, by the way, limited to here on Sunday mornings, this just as easily applies to your daily time spent with Jesus, but, but are you stepping into his presence with thanksgiving? I mean, come on, can, can we be honest, and we probably ought to be honest since, you know, we're gathering for church most of the time do we enter his his presence with with thanksgiving or do we usually enter into his presence screaming help help well when we think about most of the prayers we pray i mean come on they're they're usually all about us right how god can bail us out how he can help us with our financial problems, and our kid problems, and our marriage problems, and our car problems, and our relational problems, and, and our work problems, and our school problems. Help! And, and to be clear, there's actually nothing wrong with that. God, in fact, throughout Scripture, and actually modeled through the life of Jesus himself, he, he invites us to lay all of it at his feet. He, he can handle it. He, he very much cares about your problems and the details of our lives. But, but he also, right here and elsewhere, t- tells us that this isn't where we should start. He, he tells us, yeah, we're going to get to all that stuff, all that stuff that you need help with. But first, let's start with thanksgiving. Let's begin with, with gratitude. Every time you pray, every single day, start with gratitude. Gratitude is the door to God's presence. But, but, but gratitude, it also brings Freedom. In Paul's early letter to the early Christian church in in Corinth, uh, he would remind us that that the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So so follow this, right? Gratitude is the door to God's presence, and, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, His presence, there is freedom. As we walk with Christ, he invites us to take off of our shoulders what once weighed us down, all that stress and worry and fear and anxiety, and instead we get to place it on him. Jesus would actually go out of his way to teach us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. As you step into real relationship with Jesus, there's a freedom, there's a a peace, there's a contentment that, that comes with that because he takes all of that stuff that used to weigh us down and asks us actually to place it on him. Now, as it would turn out, as I was literally writing this exact part of this message, um, I I would receive a message, and normally I wouldn't even have my phone on uh, when I'm writing messages. I usually put it on Do Not Disturb and on the other side of my desk, I forgot to put it on Do Not Disturb that day, and so literally I'm writing this message, I'm at this exact point of the message, I'm flowing, I I hear the little it it vibrates, and, and I look and I have a message Uh, from one of the contractors who did some work for us on the coffee shop that my wife and I opened. So you may be sick of hearing about this, but uh, my wife and I opened up a coffee shop uh, just a little bit down from our Heartland campus and we give away all the profits to the the fight against uh, human trafficking. And, And earlier that week, I had just received a check from a couple, like Providence of God. They happened to be in the shop. When I was in there for a couple minutes, they come up, they spark up a conversation. They're like, are you by chance the owner? And I'm like, owner's a relative term since we don't make any money. But yes, my wife and I are the ones who, who opened this thing. And they just kind of engaged uh, me in a conversation. And by the end of the conversation, they had asked the question like, hey, have you paid all of your construction costs? And I was like, no, we still have a little bit left. And as it would turn out, they would end up writing us a check for for that final bill. And it felt so good to finally send that last check off and just be done. It's like, oh my goodness, we don't have any more debt with the shop. But, But again, as I was writing this message at this exact point, I... I got a text from an electrician that said, hey, I, I think you think that that, that you're good. Um, there's another bill that perhaps never made it to your inbox, so you actually still owe us another $8,000. And in a very quick moment, fear, frustration, stress came sweeping right in. But, but then I paused. And... And I reminded myself what I was literally writing at this exact moment. I I reminded myself of all the ways that God has provided at this point. I I began thanking God for his divine providence with that check that had just came in that very week. And, And before I knew it, freedom, a peace. He's come through so many times in the past, he's gonna come through again. A heart of gratitude, it ushers in freedom, spiritual freedom, emotional freedom, relational freedom, sh- shoot, even physical freedom. H- have you ever noticed that, that, that an ungrateful, a, a thankless heart ha- has a spillover effect into the rest of our lives? That, that the ungrateful person tends to be a, a stingy person, a more selfish person, a, a more prideful person? an individual who's consumed with worry and fear, a, a person who lays awake at night endlessly running through what-ifs, a person with with generally shallow faith, a person who constantly plays the victim, an individual who has a strained marriage, strained friendships, often described as irritable and intense. See, it's almost like God, since, well, you know, he did create us, understood what what was best for us. It's almost like here and elsewhere, he was trying to give you a heads up about well, you see. So often, when when we read the words of Scripture, or we hear a passage kind of flippantly thrown around. We take a very nearsighted approach. It's like, gosh, God, he's just he's being such a buzzkill. I mean, he's just trying to be so controlling, and, and we lack the foresight, or or perhaps the patience, or or the resolve to see that. That maybe he's just trying to protect us from from us. That that he's trying to help us out. He's attempting to to lead us to the life that that we're all actually desperately searching for. A a, a life of peace, of of joy, of contentment, of freedom. So, So we should certainly thank God. We should certainly express our gratitude because he is worthy of that. But, but as so often the case with our living God, it, it goes so much deeper than that. See, there's this, this uber practical benefit that, that you'll just be a better dad. <laughs> you'll be a better mom, a better sister, a better brother, a better friend, a better coworker, a better boss, a better wife, a better husband. See, when you live a life that is marked by gratitude to first and foremost God and then others, it's just, it's just better for you. Less stress and less worry and less fear. I mean, sure, you're still gonna have those moments of weakness. You'll have those moments of panic like I did when I was writing this message, but, but they'll dissipate faster. The peace that surpasses all understanding that we read about in this good book, it, it becomes a reality. It'll come sweeping into your life as you genuinely thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness of the past and you remind yourself that he is still on his throne today and will be forevermore. God knows what, what a heart of gratitude does for the soul. It, it has a way of putting us in our place. It, it reminds us of his greatness and, frankly, our lack thereof. It, it reminds us of, of who reports to who, where, where we kind of fall in the pecking order. And, and, and that's not meant to demean or, or diminish value. No, despite his greatness and our smallness, he's, he's still obsessed with you. He loves you more than anything else in the created order. He would have sent his son to die for you if it was just you. And, and when we remind ourselves through a grateful heart of God's greatness, and yet he still cares, he still loves us so deeply, that there's a security, there's a peace, there's a, there's a freedom that flows from that. To quote that lovely Sunday school song, he's got the whole world in his hands. Gratitude is the door to God's presence. Gratitude, it brings freedom. And and gratitude is a daily choice. When you pick up and uh, actually read uh, within the pages of Scripture, and especially the the New Testament, you figure out that we as as American Christians, we, we have it pretty good. In fact, most of those first century followers that we read about Uh, They would end up giving their lives to to the mission of spreading the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Uh, There's one such example that we have two guys that we read an awful lot about, Paul and Silas, who have been thrown into prison for telling people about Jesus. Beaten with rods, put in a maximum security prison, feet fastened in stocks. And, and, And that's the context here that we pick up in Acts chapter 16. It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I mean, if there were ever two guys who would have had every excuse to have a spirit of discouragement, a spirit of thanklessness, it would have been Paul and Silas, right? It's like, thanks a lot, God. We're literally going around telling people about your son. And these are the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But but what do they do is they find themselves in the most dire of situations. That they, they still choose to express gratitude to the living God. Church, and I know I've been pressing in on this area pretty hard of late, but Paul was a bit direct sometimes, so I get to be direct sometimes too. It's reading stories like this It's watching videos of of students worship at camp right here in this faith community with such passion and excitement. that that makes me want to start ripping my hair out when so many supposed Christians are so apathetic during the worship parts of our services. Listen, I I don't think that every one of us has to be going bonkers, hands in the air, going absolutely crazy, But, but it is beyond me that you would call yourself a follower of Jesus and continue week after week to stand there with your hands in your pocket, staring blankly forward. Our worship and praise, gratitude in song form, shouldn't be dictated by how we're feeling, whether we're introverted or extroverted. It is based on who God is, who he has always proven himself to be. See, Paul and Silas knew, and and had already experienced many times as they followed Jesus, that, that gratitude is the door to God's presence, that gratitude brings freedom. Now, now granted, they probably weren't expecting this literal type of freedom, that that was just kind of a bonus, but don't miss this. You can never completely control your circumstances, but but you can completely control your attitude. Attitude is a choice. And, And as we see so beautifully illustrated in this story and in the lives of so many people who are literally watching right now, not only does your choice impact you, it has a profound impact on the people around you, for better or, or for worse. A, a spirit of ungratefulness, it has a spillover into our marriages, into our parenting, to our coworkers, to our friendships. That, that seed of bitterness, it negatively impacts every person that, that you would say you care so much about. And conversely, a, a spirit of gratitude, it has a positive effect on every person around you. See, as followers of Jesus, we don't have the convenience of simply asking the question, how does this impact me? No, no, we're called, we're, we're commanded. Actually, I can think of few imperatives more central to our fellowship than asking ourselves, how does this impact all of the people around me? So we make the daily, the, the intentional decision to choose gratitude. We choose to return to that example of worship through song to to get over ourselves, what others might think of us, and express gratitude to the living God, understanding that it's not about us. It's all about him. Gratitude is the door to God's presence. Gratitude, it brings freedom. Gratitude is a daily choice, and choosing gratitude means letting go of something else. Here's what I mean by that. Gratitude and, and grudges can't coexist one is going to inevitably kick out the other. It's up to us to choose what we meditate upon, what we let go of and what we cling to. Gratitude and bitterness towards your parent can, can no longer coexist. Gratitude and the grudge against your boss cannot coexist. Gratitude and that anger towards God that he didn't, that he wouldn't, cannot coexist. Come on, for a lot of people who are watching right now, you're pretty angry with God because he didn't answer that prayer. But, but hear me on this. God always answers your prayers. It's just that sometimes his answer is no or wait. <laughs> and we, myself very much included, we exclusively desire yes and immediately. You might recall actually that even Jesus, even Jesus got a no. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane leading up to his crucifixion? I mean, it's right around the corner. As he is in such agony of spirit that he's literally sweating blood, knowing what is coming next, he would beg God, hey, if there is any other way, let us please go that route. And his heavenly father would say, no. When God says no to your prayer, it means that he always has something better for you. Because of that no in the garden, each of us are seated here today celebrating the fact that we have new life in and through Christ. We have been declared righteous. We have been restored sons and daughters of the most high God. When we don't let go, we deprive ourselves of the blessing that gratitude bestows upon our lives and the lives of the people around us. We're depriving ourselves of freedom. The the true freedom that all of us, whether we realize it or not, are are chasing after. Now, it's not lost on me that at about this point of the message, some of you are absolutely thinking, Shay, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Because your marriage has fallen apart. Maybe you have a child that just seems hell-bent on undermining their future. Your financial problems have gotten so out of control that it's literally all, it is all you think about for me personally it's it's been a stressful frankly a a very difficult couple of years but leading a church that went from one location to two countless staff transitions still waiting on everything to be finalized with the adoption of our son oakley over three and a half years at this point yet god asking us to open a coffee shop that pays us nothing and drains every penny to our name raising a family it's been a lot choosing gratitude has certainly been a daily choice And as I've opened that door for gratitude, the evidence of God working all around me, my family, and this church has been so obvious. Like like when Oakley's biological mother willingly asked for her parental rights to be terminated because, to use her words, she couldn't fathom taking our child away from us. Like when we first started this church and money was tight and God literally dropped $5,500 in cash out of a crawl space in our home. True story. I've certainly seen times like the ones I just mentioned where God has so clearly intervened on my behalf. But for whatever reason, over these last couple of years, this thought that I've had on repeat is what about the times God has intervened that I'm, that I'm not aware of? Scripture's pretty clear that we only get a glimpse, we get like a snippet of God's daily activity in our lives which means that there's so much that happens daily in our lives that we have absolutely no knowledge of. What has God prevented? How many times has has crisis been at my doorstep only for God to intervene in a supernatural way because he just loves me, because he loves you that much? How many times has he protected me from attacks that I'm not even aware of? I'm convinced that one of the most sobering humbling, holy moments of our existence will be shortly after we cross into eternity and we meet the living God face to face. And in that moment, he sits us down. And by the way, I have no idea if this is actually going to happen. I hope it does, though. And and he turns on some sort of a presentation, maybe something like this on a 60-inch flat screen. And he begins to just show us all the ways that he has intervened in our lives for our benefit because he loves us that much. And every single one of us, about 30 seconds into that presentation, will be in an absolute puddle on the floor crying out to him, I am so unworthy. Thank you. Humbled and absolutely wrecked over how involved the living God was in the details of our lives. Around here, we don't worship a dead man. We worship the living, breathing God who cares so much about each one of us that he would send his one and only son to die for us. And if he would go to those lengths to win us back, the mind can can only dream and marvel at, at what else he might be up to. I wanted to end today in in a very similar way that we usually do, where we're in just a moment going to have an opportunity to respond in gratitude through song. But before that, I wanted to give us some some private time to, to pray a prayer that we find in Psalm 138. And I'd like to read it to us now, but then just give us a little space for you to actually pray these words. And so maybe for some of you, this will be the first time that you actually pray that you actually open up your mouth and and say words again to the living breathing god you share some honest thoughts and feelings but here in psalm 138 the writer has this i give you thanks O lord with all my heart i will sing your praises before the gods i bow before your holy temple as i worship i praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble and he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I'm surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. Let's take some time right now to pray these words to the living God. Let's see if gratitude might just be the door to his presence. Thank you.